Empire. Hello and welcome to my podcast. You can find us on Apple or Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Do us a favor and please subscribe. You can also find us on Empire Media YouTube. That's A-M-P-I-R-E Media YouTube, where you can also like or subscribe. Leave a comment there. I'm going to try to respond. Today, I'm joined by ESPN's Dan Graziano as we take a look at several issues. Will the situation with Dan Snyder impact free agency? What is the perception of this team outside of our little bubble? And a rundown on some of the veteran quarterbacks who might be available in a trade. You can follow Dan on Twitter at Dan Graziano ESPN, and you can read my work and, of course, Dan's on ESPN.com. Before I play my conversation, and by the way, I do have a story up now about the skilled players, some questions about them, why, why, why they feel like they have a good group, but why I still have some questions about that entire group. Anyway, before I play my conversation with Dan, a couple of things. On Friday, news broke that Mary Jo White will, re, will lead the NFL's investigation into the Washington franchise. The team announced it was no longer pursuing its own separate investigation. The NFL pretty much shot that down from the beginning. Anyway, every time there's some little news nugget, there's some sort of renewed hope that this will bring down Dan Snyder's reign. Folks, we're still a long, long ways from that happening unless more stories emerge. Or if sponsors, national sponsors, start to pull out and pressure the NFL and other owners. Other owners just aren't going to vote them out based on what we currently know. I will always say there's little doubt the NFL is frustrated beyond belief with what's transpired here. Other owners, too. The ruining of an iconic franchise, etc. Nobody likes to see what how those stands look during games. But to take the unprecedented move and vote out an owner will require a lot, lot more. That's not what many want to hear, but right now is the reality of the situation. And of course, it's an ongoing situation. Back to the field. We have talked a ton about quarterbacks, so one minute about linebackers. It will be a definite possibility in the first round in April. There are other, sport, there are other spots that will be on Washington's list as well, but there are a couple of really good middle linebackers who will be available in the first round, and we'll talk about them throughout the next couple of months as possibilities. Um, especially in some of those guys be more possibilities if Washington is able to trade back, which, of course, you always put that on the list of scenarios. So this is just one scenario with linebackers. But if they find that guy and they can put Cole Holcomb and Jamin Davis on the outside, this defense would take an instant step forward. And, I, you know, I think while Cole Holcomb said he wants to continue there in the middle, the coaches have determined that he's an outside linebacker. And you can see, like, the, he definitely – has games where he hesitates and goes and other games where he doesn't. You need somebody to be a lot more consistent, and I think that will help this defense quite a bit. I also think they'll try very hard to bring back safety Bobby McCain, um, and I, I think that's in. it wouldn't shock me if something gets done before for agency. I don't know um, yet if that will happen, but I know that there's a desire there on both sides. And, and, I, and they're trying to work out something agreeable with Landon Collins. Because, again, Collins would be the one guy who would be in danger of being cut if they can't work something out because of his $16.2 million cap hit. That's a lot of dough. And, and I don't know that they're going to feel comfortable paying that. I know they want him back. Um, I, but, I, but I do think that it's one of those things where you have to try to see, can something be done to, to make it agreeable for both sides? 
I know Eric Flowers number goes up this year to around 10 million. I believe it's around $10 million for a cap hit, but they'd be more apt to try and extend him than do anything the other way, as far as like if cutting or anything like that, because of just, they were, they're not going to cut him just because the increased cap number doesn't sound like um, they like how he played. They want to keep the line strong and not weaken it. And they already know the chance of Brandon Sheriff leave going elsewhere is high. So you don't want to create other issues along that front. I'd be wary. I'd be wary of offering Sheriff a really big deal because of his injury history. So that's why you're going to need to find a way to keep Flowers. And again, could they extend him? Maybe. I mean, but I think it'd be more if they're going to make a move with him, it'd be extending, not cutting. Back to quarterbacks, and and let's. I want to talk for one second about Jimmy Garoppolo. While I do think there's interest, and it, there will continue to be because of the way the market is. I also know that I don't think this team is going to go crazy and give up a lot, both whether in terms of picks or money. Garoppolo's injury history will be a factor for any team, including this one, when you're trying to decide what do you give up for him and how much are you willing to pay for somebody with that injury history. Um, and I think, again, I think I told you before, but he's a guy, if you got him, you kind of reevaluate every two years or so where you're at with him. Um, because I just don't, I don't think anybody's going to view him as a, as a, as an instant long-term solution by any means. Finally, the Washington Post ran a poll of 904 district residents in which 49% either hated or disliked the name commanders. 41% either loved it or liked it. And the loved was like 5%. To be honest, that's probably not a bad mix considering this name just happened. It was a controversial move. They have yet to play a game under that moniker or have any success. I would have thought it might be a bit worse. I ran an informal poll on Twitter after it was announced, and around a third of the people said it didn't matter what they were called as long as they won. And the majority between that group and between the groups who were warming to it or liked it were more than the ones who didn't like it. And again, which that surprised me as well. And again, these are informal polls, so I'm sure a lot of you are probably saying, I don't know anybody who likes it, and you could very well be right. When asked what name on this poll by the Washington Post, when asked what name they would have picked among Washington football team, commanders or Redskins, 43% said Washington football team, 26% said commanders, and 22% said the Redskins. Now, I think if you open that poll up beyond those borders, that number, those probably would have been a lot different. And that's why I say this poll was limited to DC residents. I'm not sure why, considering the fan base extends well beyond that, those borders and they haven't played there in 25 years or so. So perhaps it would have been a lot different results had it been expanded to residents of, say, Montgomery County in Maryland and Fairfax in Virginia. But that's what it was. And I, again, I think some of those, some of the comments in there from were, were more about like in a few years, I think people will get used to it because. And Grant Paulson from 106.7 made this point. I've seen others make it too. Most names sound kind of funny or, or awkward when you first get them. And then it takes a while. I think the difference here is that well, you can, we can say, well, the Green Bay Packers sounded weird at first, but the Green Bay Packers didn't change after you know nearly 90 years with the same name. So that's why it's going to take a lot longer here. Anyway, that's and it's going to take winning, too, and, and removing the stench of all the, the last couple of years. Anyway, that's it from me. After this break, I'll be back with ESPN's Dan Graziano. Will the Dan Snyder situation hurt Washington's chances to lure free agents? Dan weighs in on that topic and much more, including an analysis of possible quarterbacks on the trade market. Welcome back. Now, here's my conversation with ESPN's Dan Graziano. 
All right, Dan. Well, before we get to quarterbacks and quarterbacks around the league playing off of an article you were a part of on ESPN Plus about quarterbacks and, the, you know, their um, what might happen to them, possible destinations, it's, and why or why they may not be available. But I do want to start off with some of the league stuff around this team. And I don't know if you've had a chance to talk to people in the league about what's going on here and their feelings. If you have, um, what have you heard? I think in general, you know, people are fairly tight-lipped on this stuff because I, I just don't feel like historically, you know, owners have wanted to go down a road of like, you know, being critical of other owners um, in ways that, you know, could be detrimental, right? I mean, like we're talking about a situation where people are now, and I'm talking about people on the outside, are now saying, you know, is this the kind of thing that could force Dan Snyder to have to sell the team, this, this accumulation of stuff? So it's really hard to get other owners and league officials to, to even comment off the record on, on that kind of stuff, because um, I've always said these owners don't want to live in a world where they could be forced to sell their teams. Right. So, um, but I, I do think there's a sense that, you know, the more that comes out, the, you know, the, 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 the tougher it gets to, to defend it or ignore it. Right. Like there's, there's definitely an accumulation of stuff. Now the issue, John, is that, as you know, the league knows a whole lot more than we do and still hasn't acted beyond the sort of curse cursory punishment of, you know, telling Dan, he has to stay away. You know, nobody knows how that's being enforced. So um, you, you do wonder what it would take and it would probably be something that goes beyond what's already come out because, you know, to this point, I think the league knows, knows a lot more details than the rest of us right, do right. And, and still hasn't moved to that extreme step. Right. And, you know, and, and right. And that's, that's a, that's, that's kind of a, an important part of this whole thing. And, you know, I do wonder, like, you know, and the, you, you said like owners don't want to go down this road and they, they don't want to vote on their own because they know it could be turned on them. Um, but this guy is not, as you know, is not a well-liked guy in league circles. And I, I just wonder, it seems like the NFL, the league office certainly has not been happy with how this, this congressional part is going and the lack of right. stuff they're getting from them. Right. And that's the thing, right? Like that's where it starts to get beyond the world that they can control, right? Like if, if Congress is really going to push, right, eventually they're going to have to give Congress what they want or else, you know, people are going to go to jail over this. And obviously they don't want to do that. So, um, yes, I think there's, there's usually a sense among NFL owners and probably big business leaders in other arenas as well, that once Congress gets involved, it, it can often be viewed as, well, they're grandstanding, they're trying to look like they're doing something, et cetera, et cetera. Obviously, people have um, a negative view of, of, of the government and Congress uh, to some extent, and so that's an easy sell, right? Oh, they're trying to, they're just trying to look like they're doing their job. But if it goes beyond that, if it goes to the point where they're going to press and press them, I mean, the, the Congress has the ability to threaten legal action against people who don't provide the information right. they're looking for. And if the NFL... Uh, and its teams continue to do that, and Congress continues to push, I'm, I'm sure the NFL is aware that it could get to a point where they have to do something they don't want to do. And, you know, it could get to a point, and again, we're down a hypothetical road. I right. mean, it could get to the point where the league acted against Dan Snyder and Congress said, great, but we still want to see this stuff, right? right. And, and then that risks the stuff being becoming public. So the harder that Congress pushes – the more we're into sort of uncharted territory here in, in, in the, in the stuff we've been talking about, you know, in, yeah. in the first. 
And I wonder yeah. if I wonder if the league wouldn't come back and just say, you know, after they do their another investigation into the Tiffany Johnson one, if they don't come back and say, okay, we're going to suspend you for a year or so. But you know, who knows? So yeah, yeah, who knows? Don't know anything. How does this? How do you think this impacts? We're what about a month from a few weeks, several weeks from free agency? How do you think this might impact an ability to get certain players? Do you think players and agents? Are they worried about that, or do they just look on the field, Rivera, and the football side? I think when it comes to players, um, I think it's a matter of, you know, what is the team offering financially? Who are you going to play with? Do they look like they can be a contender? I mean, Washington's been a decent team the last couple of years. So, um, you know, once they figure out quarterback, are, are players going to want to know who am I going to am I going to go play with this guy? Is that is that where I want to go? So I think when it comes to players, careers are so short that I, I think they're not looking. I, I was a little surprised, you know, that the that the Denver Broncos unsettled ownership situation, for example, didn't affect their coaching search. Or maybe it did. Like maybe maybe in the end, like Dan Quinn didn't want. Right. Because um, I always remember Mike Shanahan years ago told me that when I'm considering a job, a head coach job, my two questions are who's the quarterback and who's the owner. Mm-hmm. And so, but that, but, but from a player standpoint, from attracting free agent players, I, I doubt that that's much of a, that's much of a factor. I, my, my feeling is these stories that come out about this franchise um, are of interest to us. Those of us who are observing the league from a, from a big picture standpoint, but maybe you're, maybe you have a better sense of it. Maybe I'm wrong. But no, I, I agree. On the team, do they care about this? <laughs> no, I don't. I don't yeah. think. And, and you know, mainly because what what they would say is, well, all those people who were outside of the owner who are still owning the team, but the other people involved in a lot of this stuff are no longer here. And so that's right. that would be the coaching staff in the front office's pitch to anybody else. Right, but again, like the players aren't. This isn't stuff. The stuff that's come out, as disgusting as it all is, like it's not stuff that really involves or impacts players. No, right. right. That's right. Yeah. It involves, I mean, it involves the cheerleaders. It involves the other people that are associated with the team, people that work in the offices. So I think the players are kind of insulated from it all. So, yeah, I'd be surprised if it affected people's free agent decisions. Well, let's look at let's look at the quarterbacks, because, again, you guys had that story and that's going to be the number one pursuit this offseason for this team and a few other teams. Who do you yep. think will be the most aggressive teams going after quarterbacks this offseason? I think I think Denver uh, is a team that feels like it's a quarterback away um, and has for a while. Uh, I, my understanding is the Carolina Panthers plan to be very aggressive. They were last year. They didn't. They tried on Matthew Stafford, didn't get him. They tried on Deshaun Watson, but then obviously things happened there that that prevented that from moving forward. I think they'll be aggressive. I think, I mean, it sounds like Washington isn't going to sit back yep. on its heels. And I think that's obviously, a, a, they, they knew a year ago that they needed to address that position. Right. Um, I think they saw Fitzpatrick as somebody that might've been able to do it, but still not a long-term solution. So yeah, they have to find somebody. I mean, Pittsburgh and New Orleans are teams that, that have reason to believe that they're good. I mean, Pittsburgh was in the playoffs. New Orleans was missed it by a game. You know, but they need to figure out quarterback. I mean, it, it's it's a it's a crowded market from the standpoint of suitors, and I think that's why a lot of people are hoping that it becomes a crowded market from the standpoint of big names that that Aaron Rodgers and Russell Wilson do become available, right? Because there's so many teams looking. If those two guys stay where they are, then the market becomes a lot less interesting. And Sean Watson, nobody still knows when right. or how available he's going to be. Uh, so now you're looking at 
Jimmy Garoppolo. Now you're looking at, you know, Jameis Winston, that, that no offense to those guys, but the thing drops off after Russell Wilson and Aaron Rodgers and Deshaun. Just Watson. a little bit. Yeah. So, you know, would Minnesota move on from Cousins? That's tough. I mean, it's 35 million guaranteed. Like that's going to be tough to get somebody to take. Would, would the Raiders move on from Derek Carr? It doesn't sound like it. it sounds like they want to keep him. So, right. um, so yeah, I think there, there, you could end up with more teams looking for high end options than, than there are high end options. And that could make it very competitive. That's why like if, if Russell Wilson does tell the Seahawks, he wants to trade Seahawks could probably do really well in terms of what they get in return for a guy like that. And do you, what do you think is the realistic outlook there for, for, for Wilson? And what, what are some paths that you could see where they say, okay, we're going to trade you? I think he has to insist, right? Like that's, they're, they're not going to do anything unless he makes an issue of it. And he started to kind of sort of make an issue of it last year. Then he backed off and they gave him a couple things he wanted. Like he liked the new offensive coordinator and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, if he says to them, look, he's got two years left on his contract. He is by the current market underpaid, which is how this works, right? If you do a deal at like right. the top of the quarterback market, three, four years later, you know, you're underpaid. So he'll want more. And if Seahawks don't feel like giving him what he wants, or if he says to them, look, I'm not going to come in. I mean, he, this guy's made enough money. He doesn't have to play. I, I want to trade or I'm not going to play for you anymore. Then that, I think, moves it forward. They don't want to do it. Uh, when you talk to people in Seattle, it, that, that organization is very good at pretending nothing's wrong. <laughs> it's like, oh, you know, we had we lost how many games did we lose by six or less, you know, like that kind of stuff like they, that, our program works. But if uh, if Wilson makes an issue of it, I think that's when it becomes uh, real and that that's when they have to they look seriously. at. And that's why you see teams when you talk to teams right now. That's a big question. I think everybody knows what's going on with Aaron Rodgers. Not that we know how it'll end, but the issues there are all on the surface, right? We know exactly what Aaron Rodgers doesn't like. We know, we know what the Packers situation is Seahawks. You know, I, I think they're hoping that it never comes to that. So when you talk to teams that are in this market or potentially in this market, there's a lot of, Hey, what are you hearing from Seattle? What are you hearing about Russell Wilson? And uh, I think there's a lot of unresolved stuff there still. And like you said, the extension is a big key because if they do, mm -hmm. if, you know, and this would be an off season where I'm sure he would go to them and say, okay, because we're at the, a kind of a tenuous point with it where if he can say, I want the extension or else that's it. Um, right. You know, and I, you don't have to do a You don't have to do a five, six year with, with Russell Wilson at this point in his career, but the average annual salary is going to start with the number four. And uh, if, if you're not comfortable with that, then, then you better not trade high picks for him. So what, and what do you think a ballpark estimate of what it would take to get him? How many first round picks, you know, does it, does it have to be a quarterback? Cause I don't think Taylor Heineke is going to tempt them in a deal, right. but right. you know, but what, what would it take then to get him? I think you would have to, you would have to do something that puts Seattle in a position where they feel like they're equipped to answer the question. Okay. What do we do now then right. that quarterback, right? Like, and whether that's giving them enough picks to get it done, whether that's giving them a quarterback option, they feel good about at least in the short term, at least from a bridge standpoint till maybe you get to next year's draft and the quarterbacks look more appealing, potentially. I don't know. Um, but, yeah, I think that's the biggest hang-up for the Seahawks a year ago when they were talking about this was if we trade him, what do we do at quarterback? Right. We don't have a backup we feel comfortable starting. We don't have a developmental guy we feel good about. We don't have draft pick to go get a guy. 
you know, so they couldn't answer that question. If you can answer that question for them in whatever right. you're trading, then I think you have a shot. But again, we're in a draft now where a high first round pick that doesn't necessarily right, right. <laughs> ensure that, that, that you're that they're going to feel like they got a satisfactory answer there. I don't, I don't know that anybody's going to feel comfortable about starting, you know, Kenny Pickett or Malik Willis next year and trying to make the playoffs with that. Right. And, 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 and selling it to the fan base. And, you know, right. what, what do you think they'd be interested in a guy? Like, Cause one scenario that I wonder about is let's say Washington wants to trade for him. Well, how do you get the quarterback? Well, now you got more capital. If you, if Deshaun Watson situation is cleared, right. When there's clarity to it, then you can maybe. go get, maybe use that capital to get a guy like that. Right. If you, if you're Seattle and you know what Houston wants and you can right. get that from Washington or, or what you get from Washington add to what you already have. Yes. That, that kind of stuff. It's almost like a three-way trade, which I guess right. it could be, but uh, yeah. And then the other factor, and this is true in Watson's case, and it's going to be true in Rogers. Well, Russell Wilson has no trade clause. Like he's, he would have to want to go to Washington. Correct. Right. Like he could, he could kibosh the entire thing and say, no, I don't want to play there about Washington or any other team. Like we, we just don't know. He had a list of four teams last year. Right. And, right. You know, the Bears drafted a guy and uh, the Cowboys signed their guy. So that leaves Vegas and New Orleans. Same. Yeah. But potentially he expands that list. You know, who knows? But uh, And I know he was I know he's talked to people about coming here. And at least at the very least, the feeling was a week or so ago that he hadn't closed it off. What that yeah. means from there, who knows? But but it was doing it was I always discern due diligence. Um, what about sure. what about with Rogers? Do you you know? You're going to hire his old quarterbacks coach, um, Tom Clement. I mean, it's, what does that do? And, and, yeah. <laughs> it's like I said to somebody last night, it's like, you know, that remember Notting Hill, like, the, like I'm just a team standing in front of a quarterback, <laughs> you know, <laughs> asking him to love me. Um, yeah, like that's, that's where they are. Like they want him back. And not only do they want him back, John, but they, they want to make sure, like 100% sure that if he doesn't come back, that the whole world knows it wasn't their fault. Right. right. Like we did everything we could. We hired his old, we dragged his old quarterback out, coach out of retirement. Right. We, we, we saw, we traded for Randall Cobb, which made no sense, you know, all that kind of stuff. So that's where they are. I, I don't, the timetable on that, I think is pretty well tied to the franchise tag uh, period because they have Devonte Adams and, um, and I think Rogers may be wanting to see what they do with Adams. Do they sign him? Do they franchise him? But franchising Adams, they're already like 50 million over. Yeah, no, that's hard. If they don't touch the Rogers contract and they franchise Adams, then they're going to have to cut half their team just to get under the cap by March 16th. So, and he has said he doesn't want to be part of a rebuild. So they got to get to work. They got to do a whole bunch of restructuring. Watch. I mean, if they're really on this, we want you back. We'll do anything kick that they say they're on then we're going to start seeing some restructures pretty soon because they have a lot of them to do in order to bring back a representative team. Um, some other quarterbacks. And we know Watson's situation is still about the legal stuff. So until we know more clarity on that, it's hard to know what's going to happen yeah. with him. Carson Wentz is another interesting one. And <laughs> if they're already getting rid of him, Mike, I would say, and I know Mike Wells said in the article, like if Frank Reich is getting rid of him, that's his guy. That's the guy that was supposed to be able to turn him around. That's a red flag to me. But what, what's cool. your what's your, what's your take? And and it wasn't there wasn't like a robust market for Carson Wentz last year when the Eagles were trading him, right? right. Like that's the thing. And 
he's already got 15 million guaranteed this year and another 7 million becomes guaranteed when the league year starts, which is, as you mentioned, a couple of weeks from now. So you're trading for a guy that you don't know if he can play and you're going to pay him 22 million guaranteed. Like you can't get out of it. So, I mean, unless Wentz like has another spot in mind and he would be willing to work with you on the contract, like it's going to be tricky for him. This was the spot. Like this was it. Like, I know. Like, that was the most, yeah. Where we wanted to go. Remember, the Bears were kind of interested, but then they backed off because they got word that he didn't want to go there. Like this right was it. So if, if the Colts are done with him, which it sounds like they may well be, then I don't know what his future is. I mean, like, do you think Washington would bring in a guy like that as a starter? I think I think it's I think it would be an I definitely think it'd be an option, yeah. depending on what else happens. And then, but I think if you get a guy like him, you're still drafting somebody. It's a yes. It's Wentz and somebody, but my question that I even brought up someone else, like, okay, if we know that Wentz had an issue with Jalen Hurts in Philly, you know, there's there's some question about that. Would he be happy going to a place where, okay, we're going to sign, we're going to trade for Carson and then draft Malik Willis in the first round or, or somewhere and right. pair him with you? <laughs> Is that going to be a positive situation? I mean, you just got to be upfront with the guy and hope yeah. that he understands his career is in a different place after what's taken place the last two years. Like, hey, Carson, we want you. You're going to be our starting quarterback this year. Your contract includes no guaranteed money after this year. Uh, you're, and we're going to draft a guy. Like, we're, we're, we're going to draft. Maybe you're our future, but show us that. Uh, and either you'll stay and be our future and the, the kid we draft, we'll, we'll figure that out later. Or... Um, Somebody else will be really interested in you. Like you'll be a much more attractive candidate next year when we decide to move on or the year after if we, if we feel like the kid we draft isn't ready. So you, you're going to have to be upfront with him on that. Here's our situation. Here's your situation, which by the way, is a lot different than it used to be. Uh, you know, you, you need to rehab your career and your reputation here. And if you do it, you're going to have options available to you that, that include us, but also include other people. So it's kind of a win-win but we're not committing to you beyond this year. And you've got to be okay with that. If, uh, if we make a deal for you. And it's like, why do you think the Colts have been Because his, when you yeah. look at the numbers, I mean, 27, 27 is pretty good, right? But why they, are they, they upset? With like, they feel like they got him through the year, right. Without asking too much of him, right. They run the ball, Jonathan Taylor, you know, like they, they play good defense. 27 and seven is a nice ratio but 27 is not a huge number. You know what I mean? Like it wasn't, they, 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 you know, he didn't throw 38 touchdown passes. So um, they got to the end of the year and they had two games that they, they had two games. They only needed to win one of them. Right. And one was home against the Raiders and the other was on the road against a, a dead Jacksonville team. And not only did he not elevate them in those games, he actively hurt their chances to win yeah. those games with the way he played. So they feel like we got through 15 games sort of asking you to just not mess it up. And then there were two games at the end of the year. Again, we didn't need you to win both of them. We need you That's to win right. one of them. And they weren't against, you know, they, they, you weren't playing the, 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 the Rams and the Chiefs, right? Like, right. like the Raiders and, and the Jaguars. Like, and, and not only did you not step forward, you, you've really fell apart to an extent that now we really don't know if we can trust you when we need you. And right. that, I think, is... And then I don't know, you know what what I don't I don't know what he's like you know in the locker room with the coaches behind the scenes you know for, obviously you know from experience that there can be stuff going on behind the scenes that alter yep. a team's perception of a player. I've dealt with that you a know, time or two. 
we know that in Philadelphia, he had, you mentioned, I mean, he had some, some grumpy sort of issues about some yeah. things that were going on there. So, you know, it, it's possible that they're, they're saying to him, Hey, we, we did everything we could to put you in the right position and you still didn't come through. I don't know, man, like you may not be the guy for us, but the other thing is the Colts. I mean, this would be five different starting quarterbacks in five years for Frank Reich as their head coach. If they have a different one next year, that's, that's crazy. And you're at a point now where you have to win like, like Reich, they love Reich um, and the program he's built and all that, but if they don't start winning, you're going to start seeing like Frank Reich and Chris Ballard yeah. you know, talked about his guys were in trouble and they know that. So they have to find an upgrade. They're not just going to dump Wentz to dump him. They got to find somebody that they know is better. Uh, and if they don't, then running it back with him might actually turn out to be their best bet. Derek Carr. Yeah. Well, he's think? got one year left on his deal, right. and it's like $19.9 million. So he's underpaid. Um, he wants a new contract. And, and uh, I think if you're going to keep him and you're the Raiders, you have to give him one because I don't think you want him going into a lame duck season. So the Raiders have to decide not just do we want to build around Derek Carr, but do we want to build around Derek Carr and commit to him long term? Right. Uh, if they do, then then that's that'll happen. I think they'll get it done. I think. He, but if they if they don't, or if they find out they can get more than they think for him, then maybe they do look at other options and they move on. But if you acquire Derek Carr, you're gonna be you're gonna inherit that situation, which is he's gonna need a contract. Right. And you know that's that could approach for. I mean, this is what these guys cost. Like. So there's a report that he wants at least 35 million. And you're like, well, yeah, I mean, of course. So do I. Like, like that's, that would put him just ahead of Wentz and Goff, right? Like he has, he has every right to believe he should make more than those guys. So I think that's the floor. So if you're, if you're acquiring Derek Carr or if you're the Raiders and you're keeping him, you've got to be comfortable paying north of $35 million a year for probably several more years. Do you think, do you think, cause McDaniels says, and somebody floated this to me last night. Do you think that McDaniel's he's got a history with Jimmy G? He does. You could get you could get some picks for Carr. You can get a guy that maybe is not quite as good as Carr, but you know you know him. He knows your offense. You get these picks, and you start maybe you get somebody else in the draft too. I don't know, but you know, do you have you heard that? He's probably that got to sign Jimmy too, though, right? Like like he's only got one. He, he wouldn't cost quite as much as Derek. Cost quite as much. But and maybe Jimmy would want to play it out and like take his chances, say like you know let me let me have a big year and, and hit the market. So um, yeah, Carr feels like I've given a lot to the Raiders. You know I, I feel like if they want me, they should they should commit to me, and I don't blame them for that. Jimmy would feel like he's starting over somewhere, and maybe it's a different situation. Yeah, I mean I don't I don't know. I mean McDaniel's just got there. Dave Ziegler just got there. We we don't know exactly what they're going to do. Indications are that they like Carr, and that's part of the reason they right. went there. But if they don't sign him. Geez, I mean, like, I, I think I floated this out there on one of the shows yesterday. Like, I mean, if Brady does want back in, he likes Josh. Like, hey, <laughs> I God. mean, you know, yeah, I don't know. God, that would be <laughs> right. Yeah, why That's not? To think about. Yeah. Are there some, who are some, and I appreciate your time, and I don't want to keep you much longer, but who are some like free agent quarterbacks that you think will be, you know, there's Jameis, there's Trubisky. You know, what, what's the take on those guys? Are they mostly viewed as guys who just come in and compete for a job or, or, or what? Yeah, I think that that's a guy you add to your mix. I mean, I think Jameis 
before you got to assess his health, right? Like, how, you know, what he's coming off a major injury. Is he going to be okay? But if, if the answer is yes, I think he showed you something in Sean Payton's system this year. And, and he's obviously shown you high end ability prior to that. I think he's a guy you could bring in and sell to your fans as like, yeah, this is our starter and, and we can do some things with him. Trubisky might be a tougher sell. Uh, but he has started and won NFL games like at a level that a lot of the available guys have not. So um, he was he was in Buffalo this year behind Josh Allen under Brian Dayball and Ken Dorsey. And, and you know, it may be that he's a better player as a result of that. Um, I think that's an interesting guy. I think people, you know, I, th- I think people will look at him as a potential starter or as, at least as somebody to add to their yeah. mix if they aren't set at that position you know he's a guy you could see coming in and winning the job so um yeah free agent wise i mean uh well brian fitzpatrick obviously still out there and, and if he wants to keep playing right so um yeah it it dries up it dries up and with trubisky it's i know he's a guy bridgewater you know that that kind of player yeah all that yeah and i know like with with trubisky if they signed him here it would be just like with Wentz and some of these other guys, it's in conjunction with drafting somebody as well. Cause you're he not, you're only viewing them yeah. as a, you know, bring in more competition. Um, and maybe it's just competition with Taylor Heineke and a rookie, but you want competition. Last thing, how do you think Heineke is viewed around the league? Um, and, you know, I mean, is it, I don't hear from a lot of fans just say, just give him the job or just let him keep the job and build around him. But how is he viewed around the league? And like, if, if they wanted to dangle him in a trade to help get someone back, what would, what do you, do you think that would even help? I think he's probably along those same lines. Like if Heineke was a free agent, you'd be talking about him the same way we were just talking about, you know, like Trubisky. Yeah. And yeah Bridgewater, right. Like, yep. like you could bring him, you could bring him in. If you're, you know, quarterback, as you know, very subjective, right there, there's somebody out there that likes Taylor Heineke. There's somebody out there that wouldn't even look at him. Uh, but if it's, if you have a coach or a staff in the former group, you can say, yeah, we bring him in. We like some things he does, given how strong we are in other areas. We right, feel like right. he's a guy that could, you know, so so that's the kind of thing. He'd have to be the right fit. And I don't think anybody's bringing him in and anointing him as their starter. No, uh, yeah. So, yes, I think, you know, go back to what we're saying about Seattle. Like, could you help them answer their quarterback question if they trade Russell Wilson? You know, Heineke probably doesn't answer that question satisfactorily, but if it's part of a potential solution, then, you know, sure, possibly, but I had the beholder for, for sure on Heineke. All right. And I apologize. I did have one more question. Now, I was, every time I do this, I say, hi, I'm sorry. I have one more question. I feel like Chris Farley. It, when just, he did it those looks interviews. like golf weather. It isn't though. Yeah. It's cold. <laughs> so, but I thought, how, how is this team viewed right now? Just forgetting the congressional stuff and all that stuff. How is this team viewed as far as the roster and, and what they have and what they've done moving and what they can do moving forward. You know, Ron Rivera's reputation around the league is very helpful to the Washington football, the Washington commanders, excuse yeah, me, yeah. Uh, and, and their reputation um, because people like Ron, right? I mean, and people respect Ron. And, 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 and so I think if, if, if there's a point of view out there that he is at least from the on field, in the locker room, around the team, you know, the roster standpoint, he's established kind of a different uh, kind of culture. Right. That's to their advantage. That's to their credit. To the extent that people look up the chain and ownership and all that's going on there, like, you know, yeah. there's still some skeevy feelings about it. But in <laughs> Just terms a of, right, in terms of, you know, I think they're viewed as a team that, I, I, I think as the offseason goes along, if they make the right moves and they figure out quarterback, 
you're going to see people looking at them going, oh, they can be a contending team, right? I mean, they have, they have pieces in place. Um, I don't think they're a team that people just write off as like, oh, they'll never get it right. Right. You know, they, they go back a year, there were people that, that would favor them to win the NFC East. They thought the Fitzpatrick signing was, was, was just what they needed, all that kind of stuff. So some um, idiots, some, some people on here foolishly bucked the trend of the NFC East and picked them to go back to back. It was no, dumb. Don't do it. Don't I did. I, I'm going to pick the Cowboys. This year. <laughs> don't, don't do it. All I know for sure is that the Cowboys won't win the NFC. It's going to happen someday, though, again. Nope, nope, no, won't. <laughs> never. It's, it's, uh, that, that was, that's, Andy Reid is that good. That's, he's the last guy to do it right. in uh, an 04. Yeah. It's, I mean, like, I don't know. Like, I, at some point, the Giants will be better. I mean, the Eagles uh, will just. Know. Eagles made the playoffs. Like, yeah. I mean, you know, with Jalen Hurts, if they upgrade, they have three first round picks. Like, they, I, and I would it. believe that, and I'm going to believe that they're going to upgrade over Hurts, that they would want, that they're going to try. I think they'll try. I mean, you don't sit around with three first round picks in a market that could include Aaron Rodgers and Deshaun Watson and Russell Wilson and, and not make some calls right. because right. in a press conference, you said you like Jalen Hurts. Like, that's not like, and especially the Eagles. Like, look at the Eagles history. Like they always, the reason Jalen Hurts is there, they're always trying to make sure they're covered at that position. Like right. even if they feel good about the guy they have, they're still looking to add other options. So yeah, I, I think they'll, I think they'll be in that market for sure. Dan, I appreciate your time. Thanks a lot and enjoy the day. Anytime, John. Thanks. That's it for this episode. Thanks to Dan for joining me and thank you as always for tuning in. I'll be back with another episode on Wednesday as I talk money, money, money as free agency is around the corner with Joel Corey, noted salary cap expert. He has a he has his own show on the Empire Network, uh, does stuff for CBS Sports. He was been around the game a long time, knows the money as well as anybody. What might new deals look for quarterback targets? What about an extension for Terry Corn? What would that look like? And more. I'll talk to you next time.